Y'all know my friend Rod Cleef. I'm sure you remember him from episode 209. Just a few episodes back, 209. Rod Cleef dropped some serious bombs. If you haven't yet listened to that, go and listen to it. And if you want to meet him in person, if you want to meet me in person, I'll be speaking at that boot camp on May 17th, 18th, and 19th. Rod and I cannot wait to see you there. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Adam A. Adams, and I'm very excited about who we have on the show today because we don't talk enough about fix and flippers because I did some fix and flips and I quit doing fix and flips. I didn't have the stamina that our guest here on the show has. She has done 60 fix and flips. That's not 16. That's a big old six and a big old zero. 60 fix and flips. She's done those in Denver, Commerce City, Thornton, Longmont, and other cities around Denver Metro. And she is a designer. She's very organized. She, she, and she's going to teach us a little bit about communication and these are the things that has made her business successful. So with that said, welcome to the show, Heather Loyal. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. And like I said, I'm very, very excited to have you on the show. I understand you've been doing fix and flip for six years. You've learned quite a bit. Why don't we just do this? Why don't we go all the way back to six and a half years ago? and talk about why you decided to get into real estate investing in the first place. I was working a corporate job. I was a designer for a commercial company and I had seen, you know, through the years, all these things that people were doing on TV and I told myself, I can do that. And so had the conversation with my husband and we decided to take the plunge and here we are six years later. That's awesome. Okay, so just tell me about the very first deal because we can learn a lot just on the first deal. So what was that? The first fix and flip deal was um, probably one of my favorites. Uh, it was in Denver. It was an estate. And um, I learned a lot. I basically, we were ran out and hired a GC because we thought that's what we needed to do. And um, I didn't have a whole lot of interaction with the GC during the project, which I thought was weird. And I felt like I was there more than he was. Um, I got to learn how the contractors worked because I came from commercial and this is my first time in, the, in residential. So um, I got to know them. I got to talking to them. and learning the things that I did, they were explaining, you know, we could do that. And it's like, okay, maybe I can figure out how to call you on the next one to get you to do it. So made some mistakes, learned some things, spent a lot of money. <laughs> um, but we also made a lot of money. It was awesome. a really good deal. That's awesome. Uh, so can you, do you remember the numbers on that? Is that something we should talk about real fast? I'm the budget was 60 because everything came through the GC. Uh, we were pretty well on budget except for some, you know, miscellaneous things I threw in at the last minute. Um, but the profit on that was over a hundred thousand. 
Wow, that's that's incredible. That was your first deal. That was our first fix and flip. Yes. Okay. Okay. So you had rentals before that? No, we had a couple of wholesale deals before that. So that oh, helped cool. put some cash in the bank. Do you still do a little bit of wholesaling, even though you've done like sixty fix and flips? Absolutely. Who We're you, always sprinkling in some wholesale deals. Who do you wholesale to? Like, who are those buyers? Um, our list is mainly just people we've met through the years. Uh, nothing big. That's kind of what our focus is this year is to expand our wholesale network. But we've mainly um, dealt with, you know, a couple dozen people throughout the years that we know are tried and true. Um, they won't jerk us around and, and we know we'll get our wholesale deals closed. I love that. So we are going to talk about something that we've never talked about on the show. We're going to learn some things. We've done well over 200 episodes. And for some reason, we've never talked about like how essential it is to be detail-oriented with your, with your contractors and with your whole fix and flip, right? And I really yeah. want to get into communication because that's where a lot of people fail. And we, I have uh, four questions that I want to ask you a little bit about communication. The first one, just really ask, what would you say is the most important? How important is communication? Is that actually important? <laughs> I think it's key, especially if you're running your own projects. Um, I think it's the second most important. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, first, what is the most important thing? And then we'll get back to the what we're talking about. What's the most important thing before communication? Uh, mine is budget. Staying okay. on budget. Got it. Got it. All right. So when you are going to have a great communication with your contractor, so what does the upfront conversation look like? We'll meet at the job site and do our walkthrough. I will already have my scope of work done and I will already know what I want that specific contractor to accomplish. So we will walk the property. We will talk about it. I will point blank ask, are you comfortable doing this? Um, if not, I have other people I, could, I can call and maybe I'll just have you do these other five things, whatever. So uh, we'll have that conversation. And then at the end, we will talk about how it imp important it is for me and my project that that contractor answers my phone calls, responds to my text messages, I will even ask them, do you communicate better in text messages or phone calls? Um, because I've had contractors that don't like to text message. So I make sure that I'm calling them and I tell them, you know, if I can't communicate with you during the project, then I'll have to move on. I love it. Okay. Here's one thing that I, we were talking about in the, in the pre-interview today is you said something that really stuck out to me. It reminds me of a book that I read called um, Never Split the Difference. And in that, Chris Voss, who's coming on the podcast, he'll be a, one of our guests. Um, he said that one of the best ways that you can really find, uh, dive in and get someone to actually respond when they're kind of going dark on you is sending them a one-liner email that says, um, have you given up on this project? Nothing else around it, no explanation, just 
have you given up on this project? And he says that gets an instantaneous, no, 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 no. <laughs> and so, um, so I want to talk about your, your one-liner that you text message to your uh, contractors. Uh, so why don't you take it from there? What is that one-liner and how has it worked for you? I text them, are you mad at me? And I will get a response, no, I'm sorry, I've been busy, um, or what's up? Or, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of an interesting way to get their attention. Yeah, so, so has it ever not worked? Because Chris Voss says that email that he did, um, he's, worked, he's used it on thousands of people and it works every single time. Has, has Are You Mad at Me ever not worked? Yes. Okay. My uh, couple of projects ago, my longtime hardwood floor guy has not still responded to me. <laughs> okay. But potentially, he's no longer uh, working in Denver, so... Okay, so he might not even have that same text yeah. message. Okay, cool. Right. All right, so uh, the next question that I really wanted to ask you is, is like, has there ever been a time that you actually failed to communicate? I know we're talking about how important communication is. Has there been a time that Heather Loyal, the communication expert, has <laughs> made a mistake and failed to communicate? And if so, how did that turn out? Of course, um, you know. Know, we're all human things happen I get busy you know life happens but um, one that comes to mind is I had a handyman working on one of my projects and uh, I thought everything was copacetic and understood and I didn't think I needed to get into this much detail um, but it, he was installing my kitchen cabinets and I walk in the day after and all of the upper cabinets are at, they were like 30 inch high cabinets, you know, they weren't full height cabinets. We're all the way up at the ceiling. I mean, there was a gap of at least, I don't know, almost three feet between the counter and the, the first cabinet. And I was like, I'm a short person, I'm only 5'4". So I'm like, I can't even reach to get up here. Like, why would you put the cabinets up there? And he's like, you didn't tell me where to hang them. And I was like, okay, my bad. <laughs> From now on, I will make sure we have a pre-install meeting to make sure that you're on the same page. I fail so. to find out how that is your lack of communication. But well, you never know. I mean, <laughs> it's just it's shocking. Yeah, no, no. If, if I had vaulted ceilings, I would throw the cabinets at the very top. So anybody who wanted to get a can of food had to use yeah. a ladder as well. Ladder. That's exactly. obvious. Exactly. All right. Perfect. Thank you for going into that. So let's talk about being detail oriented. You said that there's two essentials, two things that you really need to be detail oriented about, and that was budget and schedule. So if you could talk a little bit about those two things. Um, and how being, being detail-oriented helps you to be able to make sure that the project goes smoothly. Yeah. So uh, the first thing I do um, once I, we get a project, um, actually my partner tells me my budget because he's done all the you know, financial side of it. And so then I know what needs to be done on the project. So I will go through a detailed spreadsheet that I have on the budget um, and mainly I try and get all my materials out of the way 
And a lot of my contractors, I already know their pricing, so I could stick that in. I can um, do the math on a bunch of stuff. And um, so I get that in, and then I'll go start then calling the contractors I don't have information on. So with that, before I throw the first hammer in any project, I make sure that I have every line item accounted for because that's how I stay on budget. I already know what I can and can't do. So if a contractor comes back and needs to renegotiate or we open a wall and find something different than we thought was there, um, I'm kind of already prepared for that. Awesome. Uh, That was huge value. Thank you for going into that. How about being detail oriented about your schedule, your timeline? So my schedule, again, I have a list of how a project systematically has to happen. You know, you start with the trash out, you go to the demo, so on and so forth. Um, Certain things need to happen before other things happen. So with that, I can then schedule my, my contractors to be there on the right days so that I can get in and out of our projects anywhere from four to six weeks. Whoa. And with, That's awesome. without being orient, detailed or having that schedule in place, it, it would just be chaos, you know, and especially with the schedule, you got to know your lead times on your products. How many, okay, so how many fix and flips have you done and managed all at simultaneously, exact same time? The, the most I have done is three at a time. Okay. Mainly and were those were, were two of them up for sale and one of them you were just closing on or what was, what was it looking like? Mainly uh, one was finishing up, one was getting started. And then the other one was in the design phase, what I call the design phase. Cool. cool. And then they so, kind of overlap and one goes on the market and then the other one's full swing and then the other one gets up and running. When they're overlapping like that, are you able to move the contractors from to kind of like you finish up the painting here, then you're going to my second house, then you're going to my third house? Yeah, it depends on which um, contractors. Some of them, you know, my like electrician is easy to move around. My plumber is easy to move around. My painters are easy to move around. But my general guy, my my number one guy that does a majority of the work, usually I have one for um, different projects. Okay, got it. I had another question for you. I wish that I could remember it right now. I didn't write it down because I was really interested in what you were saying. Um, but it was, it was important. Darn it. So we're going to move <laughs> into the final five. So it's okay. all good. we'll move into the final five. If I remember that other question, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot it over. Uh, so first, a word from our sponsor. I've met so many of the podcast listeners at some of our events and my friend Rod Cleef, who you heard on episode 209, again, that's 209. If you haven't yet heard it, you got to go back, go check it out. Anyway, he's coming to Denver. I live in Denver. He's flying here to Denver. We have hundreds and hundreds of people going to be at this real estate boot camp. He's having me on stage. I'll be sharing my nuggets of wisdom and I hope that you would like to come. There is one week left, one week left for the 25% off discount. Man, this works, man and woman, this works for every single ticket level. This works for every level of ticket. So if you want to get the highest level of ticket and save hundreds and hundreds of dollars, you can. It's 25% off 
go to the show notes and click on that link. It's rodsbootcamp.com. Click on that link from the show notes and then use my name, Adam Adams, no space and all in all in caps to get 25% off. All right, we're back. Miss Heather, what's the most creative deal you've ever done? Most creative deal would probably be a townhome down in Littleton where the seller brought money to the table. Whoa, seller brought, seller paid you. They're like, hey, would you like to buy my house? Here's some money. Yeah. So, and this was a house that my partner didn't even see. And normally he goes to see everything. Hmm. Um, He sent me down to do a walkthrough. I came back to him with my list of, I believe these are the things that we need to address. And uh, he took that information, went back back to the seller who was an out of state owner. And uh, the guy needed to get rid of the property. So Brad, he brought money to the table. How much, how much did you make to buy that? How much did we make or (sighs) at the purchase the day that you, how much money did you walk away at closing the day you actually purchased this property? Uh, Unfortunately, I don't have that number. I know he brought about $32,000 to the table. That is crazy. I love that. Thank you for, thank you for sharing. So, Hey, there's no money down deals. And uh, people think that those are not real. Heather Loyal actually got paid to buy a house. So uh, this, is, this is incredible. Love it. What's a book you recommend? Oh, I'm reading one right now. It's kind of cool. It's kind of a mindset book. It's called The Greatest Salesman in the World by Og Mandito. Uh, you know, I, I, in junior high, I was in the band. So... You know, this is something I don't think my listeners know yet, but I was in a band. I, I played tuba. It was bigger than me. So that's why I thought I needed to play that one. Cause um, I, I thought I'd look cool. I thought it would make me look cool. It's that truck syndrome that some people have. I thought this giant <laughs> instrument would make me look like an awesome guy. So I said, you know what? That's the one I'm going to play. And in the band, we had, we did a quote every single morning. And mm-hmm. I remember we did one or two from Augmentino. And yeah. so I haven't read any of his books. Tell me more about that book that, that you were reading and why you picked that one. Um, it was kind of recommended to me, so I picked it up. And it's, it's kind of a, it's a story, but towards the end, basically, there's these scrolls that he, he goes through um, to give himself a better mindset to be a better salesman. Uh, you know, like just being persistent, being loving, believing in yourself, um, you know, thinking about who you want, you know, who were you before you passed away, those kinds of things. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. Um, let's talk about, I know you got started in the, in this business, you were wholesaling and everything and you did your first fix for like six years ago, but this question within the final five talks about five years ago. So if you could really give me paint us the picture and tell me exactly like what did it look like a year into your business? I, I was still stumbling through a lot of learning blocks, but I think I will forevermore because this business is constantly changing. Projects are always different. Um, that's kind of when I started learning how to manage multiple projects 
at the same time and um, building my list of uh, vendors and contractors and uh, testing things out and, you know, scrapping some ways I did things and, and rewriting how I do them for the next one. So that was a, that was a big learning year for me. Oh, thanks for sharing. Let's talk about in five years, uh, your vision. And I know you, I know you have a good uh, mindset because you are a designer. So you, you can walk into a house and you can say, this is exactly what we need to do. So I'm sure you've designed your future the same way. What does it look like five years from today? Um, I think in five years, I will be have moved on from Colorado and back to the ocean somewhere. Okay. So that's why on Facebook, your, your profile is all about the ocean. Yeah. That's your vision board. Every time you log on to Facebook, you're like, that's where I'm going to be. Okay. <laughs> all right. How do you give back? I give back by um, just being a helper. Whenever people need stuff, I'm usually the first one to raise my hand and say, yeah, I'll, I'll help you out. I'll get that done. Or um, I love talking to people about what I do. And if they're starting out in the business, you know, here's how, how I get it done. And, and if you need any help along the way, give me a call. So I, I mean, I, I give back by helping. I love that. So I am, for those of the people that are actually on Facebook right now, I just posted in the comments a link. Okay. This link is facebook.com forward slash new cloverleaf properties. So what I want you to do is Heather, as we're recording this, she created, well, right before we recorded this, she created this page. What I want you to do as a loyal listener is go to this push, go ahead and go a like new cloverleaf properties as soon as possible uh, so we can give her help other people. All right. So how else? That's one great way to reach you. But if somebody was like learning from you and wanted to know, oh, that's a question that I had earlier, the scope of work. It's mm -hmm. like, what, what's on the scope of work? But it sounds like yours is very detail oriented. But at any rate, if somebody wanted to get your scope of work or wanted to learn the process of what you do first, second, third, to keep, make it so that you can have a four-week or six-week project or anything else, what's the very best way for them to find you? Is it New Cloverleaf on your Facebook or is there another way? Yeah, they can reach me on Facebook or Instagram. Both okay. are New Well, the Instagram is at New Cloverleaf. Perfect. I got that in the show notes. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And until next time, think outside the box. I've got the best podcast listeners on the planet. I know this from experience because I've met most of you at some of our events. I've met thousands and thousands and thousands of you. And I love, love it when you guys come out to these events. I am going to be at Rod Cleef's boot camp on May 17th, 18th, and 19th. And this week only, we have a 25% off coupon code for you, the listener. So go to rodsbootcamp.com and use my name, Adam Adams.